Ladies and gentlemen, this is our final boarding. Hey, so uh, when we get off the monorail, I'm going to head over to Tatooine Traders. I want to build me a lightsaber. Oh, hold on a minute. Where? Tatooine. Talking about Tatooine? No, it's Tatooine. I got it on the map right here. Look, T A. Oh. Welcome to the Diz His Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. And I'm Adam. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at DizHis65. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and write us a review. Let us know how we are doing and what we could do better. Alex and his wife, my sister, had their second child this week, so he's only going to be reading the history part of the episode. Just want to say congrats to him and my sister. So in a galaxy not so far away, actually... Right here in this episode, episode three, we are going to chat and give the his on Star Tours. So, Adam, tell me a little bit about Star Tours. Star Tours is a motion simulator. Um, the current version right now, you can have over 300 different varieties of how the ride's going to go. Uh, it's a great ride. The line queue is amazing. Gives you plenty of things to look at while you're waiting. And I can't wait to find out how this ties in with uh, Galaxy's Edge. I think they're probably going to close it down. Oh, you think so? I think they might close down Galaxy's Edge. I think they totally forgot that there's actually Star Tours at the park. Mm -hmm. And they're probably going to be like, oh, we need to scrap it. And then rebuild it in another spot. Probably. I think, yeah. That would make the most sense to do right now. Yeah. So did you know when I was growing up, I used to think Star Tours... And Body Wars were like the same ride. Get out of here. I did. They're not even in the same park. The other one, the Body Wars was at uh, Epcot, right? Right. Yeah. So, yep, I used to think they were the same thing. Completely different thing, going inside a human body and uh, going what was, what was that one movie where, was it Dennis Quaid? I believe so, yeah. He was, Actually, I was, was listening. Oh, to no, no. Body. He was going inside Martin Short's body. Martin Short was the body he went into, right? I think so. And it was an experiment that they yeah. were running on him. Yeah, yeah. that's a pretty good movie, huh? Yeah. Like 50 years ago or something. I am one with the force, and the force is with me. And the force is telling me, let's get to the his on Star Tours. Star Tours was a motion simulator attraction with audio animatronics synced to film at several Disney parks based on Star Wars. Rediffusion Simulation is the manufacturer of Star Tours. Walt Disney Imagineering, Industrial Light, and Magic designed the ride, and music is by Richard Bellis. The vehicle holds 40 guests, and the ride lasts 4 minutes and 30 seconds. Captain Rex, voiced by Paul Rubens, was the host. So, uh, I guess we're going to talk a little bit about Paul Rubens. Do you remember the original Star Tours? I do not. It would be nice to know what Paul Rubens sounded like. Well, do you think that um, he, Captain Rex is still on the ride and he's still talking, so we could probably go through the queue and see how uh, Rex sounds like. Yeah. Um, is he? Does he actually talk or just make some noise? Uh, I'm not sure. We're, we're, we'd have to go back on the, on the ride. 
and check that out. And not in the fast pass lane because you go by them a little too quickly. We could probably slow down in the fast pass lane. You can slow down and let people in front of you, right? Yeah, that's You true. don't have to go ahead and go too fast. You're, you're just trying to figure out if he sounded like Pee Wee Herman, right? Did you used to watch Pee Wee Herman growing up? Yes. I used to I love Pee Wee Herman. Do you think that Captain Rex sounded like this? Maybe when he was like, you know, I think he's part of the ride, like where he's like checking the luggage or something. No, he's not checking the luggage. No. But I can tell you right now, have you seen the new Pee Wee Herman movie on Netflix? I have not. I didn't know there was. There's a new one with, uh, what's the guy from Twilight? No, no, he's not in Twilight. He's in the True True Blood. I've never seen True Blood. I've never seen it either. One of the Wahlberg brothers? No. No. Have you been the Wahlbergers? Yes, I have. It's pretty good. But if you actually want to know where Captain Rex is found now, yeah, then you need to wait for the Hidden Mickeys. I think I'm going to wait. Oh, okay. When Star Tours first opened at Disneyland on January 19th, 1987, it appeared in Tomorrowland replacing the previous attraction, Adventure Through Inner Space. The attraction later opened in Tokyo Disneyland on June 12th, 1989 in Tomorrowland. The attraction later opened in Tokyo Disneyland on June 12th, 1989 in Tomorrowland at Disney's Hollywood Studios on December 15th in Echo Lake, 1989, and at Disneyland Paris on April 12th, 1992 in Discovery Land. Originally, Star Tours was advertised as the ultimate Star Wars adventure. The ride took guests on a trip to Endor as space tourists. Endor was in the place where the epic battles of Return of the Jedi took place. On the nice relaxing trip to a faraway planet, they got caught up in an altercation between the New Republic and the Imperial Remnant. The attraction featured Captain Rex RX-24 along with his buddies. You may have heard of them, R2-D2 and C-3PO. The debut in Disneyland on January 9, 1987 was the first attraction that was based originally on a non-Disney licensed intellectual property. So back in like, you know, 19, in the late 1980s, in the early 90s, Star Tours was advertised as the ultimate Star Wars adventure. And I think it's pretty much almost laughable. I mean, at the time, it was probably really awesome. But let's think about how much they're building now in the all-inclusive, like, Star Wars world where, you know, you go to the hotel and your uh, cast members interact with you with how you're doing on the rides. And, you know, you go into the a restaurant and um, the waiter or waitress is saying, you know, you know, oh, hey, look, it's the, the top pilot you know, scored a certain, did some kind of high achievement on a ride. Yeah, it's definitely more of an experience than an adventure now. You still have the adventure. Soon in August, you'll have more adventures. But to be the ultimate Star Wars adventure, I mean, it definitely is an understatement compared to how it is now. Mm -hmm. I always think about, you know, how cool it would be if you take that time period and see, you know, what's going on now. So can you, like, if Walt Disney was to see what Disney World and Disneyland, how, how it is now compared to how it was. I wish that we were able to do that. No, once they figure out how to implant his brain that's on a coffee can right now, frozen. On a coffee can? Yeah, he has a... Walt Disney, doesn't he uh, have his brain frozen? So, you know the movie Frozen? I have heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, the reason why Disney made the Frozen movie mm -hmm. is so when you actually type in uh, like Frozen into Google search... The movie comes up and no longer Walt Disney's head it doesn't come up anymore. Right. To get all the conspiracy theories about where his head is. Yeah. I definitely think it's at Casey's Corner. Just once, throw it out there. Oh, is it? Yeah. Do they have to make sure they don't grind it in with the meat? 
That would be terrible. Yeah, that if would. They did. Might be a good chili dog, though. <laughs> yep. The Walt Disney Company and George Lucas worked together previously with the opening of Captain EO in 1986 at Disneyland. Disney then approached Lucas with the idea of Star Tours. With the approval of Lucas, Disney Imagineers purchased four military-grade flight simulators at the cost of five hundred grand each. At that time, Lucas and his team of special effects techs, Industrial Light and Magic, produced the first-person's perspective film that would go with the simulator. When both the simulator and film were completed, a programmer sat inside and used a joystick to sync the movement between the simulator and the screen. On January 9, 1987, a final cost of $32 million, almost twice the amount of opening day Disneyland in 1955, many guests came to ride the ride dressed as Star Wars characters, and the park stayed open for a 60-hour marathon. Hey, so can you imagine that guy whose job was to sit there and use the joystick to sync the movement between the simulator and the screen, how much fun that would be? How much fun and maybe how much ginger he had to keep himself from motion sickness. <laughs> ginger, you're talking about from the episode of... Don't say Seinfeld. No, it's not okay. Seinfeld. No, I can't believe I, never even seen a, Seinfeld. It's just a known... Myth, Mythbusters? No, I've probably seen it because I think I've seen them all. But no, I just know that you're supposed to have ginger whenever you uh, get motion I don't, sickness. I don't get motion sickness in that ride. No, I don't, but... When you have to do it over and over and over, like this guy probably did. I don't get motion sickness at all, period. Mm-hmm. Cruise ships, car rides. But I, I would probably think that the guy... So, you know, if you have a job at like in the, at Disney and you have motion sickness, I'm pretty sure that you're not going to be like, oh, can I do this job? You think you're disqualified on me? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they're like, okay. I'm pretty sure this guy's going to sit this one out. Yeah, and you're going to go to the next guy who doesn't yeah, get motion if, sickness. If he didn't know. What if he didn't know? I mean, how do you not know if you're gonna get motion sickness? Well, okay, so let's say he let's say he didn't know, and then he does it like three times. He's mm-hmm. like, you know, guys, they can kind of get motion sickness. Yeah, but he'd be afraid. That can I get my buddy John in here yeah, to do this for me? He'd be afraid he'd lose his job. You know, you say you can't do it anymore, and then they fire you. <laughs> Just take a ginger, and then you'll be fine. Much of the ride queue is designed to look like a spaceship boarding terminal. The queue is also stocked with audio animatronic characters that seem to be talking to the guests. Some of the animatronics include the iconic character C-3PO and R2-D2. There is also a life-size mock-up of a Starspeeder 3000, the fictional spacecraft guests are about to board and ride on. According to the book Disneyland Detective by Kendra Trahan, the figures of C-3PO and R2-D2 at the Disneyland Star Tours were actually props from the original film. So this queue is probably one of my favorite queues, and I think it's because, you know, when you're there, I actually feel like you're about to board... A star speeder. I feel like I'm about to go to space. I'm about to go on vacation somewhere. How much of a vacation is it if you have to, you know, get through the AT-ATs and the Ewoks just to get to your star speeder? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're nice AT-ATs. Are they? And the Ewoks are usually nice. I'm not there. I mean, the the, the space terminal is there. So why are, are there going to be things outside of it that are going to be trying to, you know, hard for me to get there? I don't know. There is, though. You can see them out there. Yeah, they're probably nice, though. Okay. Maybe the, maybe the ATAT they take your bag they they take your baggage for you. Oh, and they carry it on there. Yep. Yeah. That'd be nice of them. Yeah. Like, you said the Ewoks can be throwing things at you. Why would the Ewoks throw things at you? In the movies. Yeah, they, man, but they're throwing it at the bad guys. They don't have to throw it at the good guys. Well, it depends on if you have a child with you that dressed up like a stormtrooper. Hey, listen, I'm pretty sure they're not going to build a space terminal somewhere where you're not welcome. Have you ever seen a Rebel Alliance with an ATAT? No. Only the Imperial Forces. And there's an AT-AT out there. <laughs> During the queue, guests also enter a maintenance area. 
droids inadvertently point out all the supposed flaws for the Star Speeder 3000 and the RX pilots. The G2 droids are animatronic skeletons of the two geese from the Tomorrowland attraction America Sings. A cast member then escorts guests to one of the several loaded stations where they wait to enter the Star Speeder. A television screen above the queue displayed a countdown to take off time and showed images of the Star Speeder 3000 spacecraft being serviced. As launch time approached, a safety video was shown featuring Star Wars aliens, Disney Imagineers, and their families. It instructed guests how to fasten their seatbelts and where to place stuff. Once the doors opened, guests walk across the bridges into one of the several Star Speeder cabins. As the doors closed of the ship, RX-24 or Rex appeared on the side screen and chatted to the guests about the trip as R2-D2 was loaded onto the spaceship. So I would like to talk about, you know, we talked about the dis- display screen, the countdown to takeoff, and, and, you know, there's like a little video. I think it's kind of cool that, that the Disney Imagineers and their families, they're part of the video. Yeah. And it's oh. probably like in all the rides too, right? So every single, in all the rides where there's like that little video where kind of, you know, like at... Um, Shows you how to get on the Soarin', ride, where, yeah, right? where to put your luggage. Yep, it's probably all Disney Imagineers. I think that's kind of cool. I never really thought about that. I thought they were just actors, but it's probably people who helped build the ride. Yeah, that makes sense. So also, you know, they don't want anyone to know what the ride is ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's uh, NA, dis- you know, disclosures that people, you know, actors sign, but yep. it would give the people, I mean, that's why they get to ride the rides first too. Mm-hmm. And I know they get to bring their families on. But then would you want to be one of the people where you see your face or do you want to be one of the aliens? No one will know you were on there, but you got to dress up like a Star Wars. I would rather be an alien. How about you? Just because I don't want my face shown. Uh, Yeah. Why don't you want your face shown? I don't know. That'd be so awesome. That's Adam. Yeah, but it's also a phobia. Why is it a phobia? You just don't like it? Yeah, I just don't like it. Like anytime you see someone taking a picture, I like to make sure I'm not in the way. You know, an odd fact, I actually have a public speaking phobia, too. I've uh, lost out on many of grades in high school because I didn't want to stand up and talk. Me, too. Yeah. Good thing we're choosing to do a podcast. In April 2005, George Lucas confirmed they were working on Star Tours 2 at Star Wars Celebration. At D23 in 2009, in California, the Walt Disney Company announced that Star Tours at Disneyland and Hollywood Studios will be closed in October 2010 for a total renovation and will reopen in June 2011 as Star Tours The Adventure Continues. The update ride system would consist of HD video, a Dolby 3D HD screen, an improved motion simulator, as well as several other newly added special effects. A short teaser trailer was shown at the expo featuring a pod racing scene similar to the scene from Phantom Menace. A teaser also showed a picture of an updated Star Speeder, the Star Speeder 1000 spacecraft. Hey, I want to talk about the pod racing real quick. Uh-huh. Um, that was probably my favorite scene in the Phantom Menace movie. Oh yeah, definitely mine too. I mean, it does help that I love racing. Did you play? Did you play the Nintendo 64 pod racing game? No, I did one step further. I went to the arcades. Oh really? Yeah, they had the joysticks left and right. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done that one? No. No, it was really fun. It was, I mean, you know, you had to press, it was exactly like, you know, the movie, you know, press forward to go, mm-hmm. press one side to turn left, you know. Oh, yeah, that, the pod racing is pretty pretty awesome. On August 14th, 2010, Walt Disney World hosted the last tour to Endor event exclusively for Celebration 5 attendees at Disney's Hollywood Studios from 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Some of the activities included George Lucas, character appearances, Jedi Training Academy, Death Star Disco, 
Bespin Stage Dance Party, Raiders of the Lost Jedi Temple of the Doom, a fan film of epic proportions, live show, hyperspace hoopla, symphony in the stars fireworks, and the Star Tour Shutdown Ceremony. The Star Tour Shutdown Ceremony was a live show with characters C-3PO and R2-D2, Boba Fett, and Darth Vader. A few stormtroopers showed up, however, instead of R2-D2 simply shutting it down, Boba Fett destroyed the riot's power supply using a thermal detonator. The ride was still open after the shutdown ceremony until September 7th, 2010, when the attraction held its final flight to Endor, exclusive to D23 members. So wouldn't it be really cool to be there at the ending of the ride when Boba Fett comes out and destroys the power supply? I think it would have been awesome to be there. Oh, I was going to say, even though the ride didn't officially shut down when Boba Fett blew up the power supply, they still let the ride go on for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that's all right, though. Yeah. Well, or that you can stay in character and shut the ride down. Yeah. And, and you know, going to events like this, even even if you weren't a Star Wars fan, going to events like this, you kind of get in that atmosphere. That, that, you know, there's like this whole atmosphere thing going on, and you really you really get into these things. Um, I went to see the Avengers movie, the new Avengers movie, Endgame. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I love the Avengers, but, you know, I went on the first day it was being shown. The good thing about going to these events, like the first day that these movies, the first day that they're out, is that you're going with a whole bunch of other nerds also. And um, it's the whole, the energy in the movie theater was great. People were, you know, you can just look around and you can see people that were really into the movie. The guy next to me was like crying his eyes out, you know. I'm not going to have any spoilers, but he he was... uh, Well, the movie's been out for quite a while. Yeah, I know, but you never know. Maybe someone's listening to this and didn't even know the movie was out. That means they didn't care. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few people getting tarried in the theater I was in, tarried and um, clapping ecstatically. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah, I heard that too. It's a little much for me. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the Marvel series. Um, speaking of, you know, what we liked about that, when did you start watching the Star Wars movies? So when I was in high school, I tried to watch them right before I think Phantom Menace was coming out and I wasn't really into the old, well, the older ones, you know, that, that, what was the episode four five and six? Right. I tried to watch them. I was really into them. Watched the Phantom Menace. I kind of got into it. Watched the second one, third one, and then I went back when I was a little bit older and I went back and I kind of watched four five and six and, uh. I enjoyed them a lot more than when I was younger. Um, the whole story, enjoyed it, you know. So you watched them in the order they came out? I watched them for one, two, three, four, five, six, yeah. All right. See, so I actually watched them. Well, you wait, one, two, three. So you started with Phantom Menace? Yep. That was your first movie you ever seen? The first Star Wars movie, yeah. Oh, I thought you started with the, the original. Well, I tried to, and I didn't really get through it. I was kind of oh, like, okay. oh, I'm not really feeling it, you yes. know. See, uh, Star Wars wasn't even on my radar until the first trailer for Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Before that, I just thought it was an older film. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I never got into it. But then once the Phantom Menace came out, then I was really into it. It's pretty funny how my favorite characters change all the time. Like, well, who's your favorite character? People say Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, Han Solo. I used to be Luke Skywalker. Now, uh, it used to be, you know, maybe like, I would say maybe like a year ago, it was like Han Solo, but I'm really into Darth Vader now. Are you? Yeah, I don't know why, man. It just changes. See, uh, looks-wise, it would definitely be uh, Darth Maul. Okay, yeah, he's um, cool. But for attitude-wise, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. You know, that, you know, I really, unlike a lot of people that seem to be, I enjoyed the Han Solo movie. Yeah, I love Solo. Yeah, that was a good movie. I know it 
didn't get the best of ratings. I think that that was probably one of I think I like that one better than Rogue One, yeah. in my opinion. Um, but then I'm blanking on, I mean, so this goes back into not being a diehard Star Wars fan. What was Childish Gambino? Sorry, what was Donald Glover's? Uh, Childish Gambino. What was his uh, character? Uh, Lando. Yeah, Lando. I really loved how he played him in that movie. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he had a lot of character. Yep. He was the sneaky guy that would, you know, turn behind your back. But then he was also there. I mean, for that robot, you know, he made sure yep. he helped out. So he was a pretty good character too. Yeah, he was really he's he's a really good character. He's a really good actor, in my opinion. He's a, I think he's a good musician also. Yeah, I love his music. Um, I can't wait for him to be Simba. Yeah, I think that's gonna be. I can't wait to see that movie. Yeah, Disney's done a great job with their new releases. <clears throat> they always do a good job, man. They have good writers. That's what it comes down to. They have really good writers. If you look at like the DC movies. You look at these other movies that should be good that are not good, and then you look at a Disney movie. I mean, it's the writing, and they just have good writers. Even though I haven't seen Dumbo yet, it's probably pretty good. Well, Tim Burton directed that, right? Yeah, yeah, I like his movies. It didn't do good. Well, some of the movies don't do do well, and then they, and you watch them, they're good. Yeah. Uh, if you, if I sit there and talk about Phantom Menace, some people, I bet you a lot, a lot, a lot of people hate that movie. Well, they hate it because of Jar Jar Binks. Dude, I don't even mind Jar Jar Binks. No, I think that was more of the diehards that were... Yeah, exactly. I remember Patton Oswalt had a joke. This might get cut out for time. Patton Oswalt <laughs> had a joke where he met George Lucas on the street. Yeah. And George Lucas offered him ice cream. He's like, ice cream? That sounds amazing. Now, I heard this joke like 10 years ago, so I'm trying to... It's paraphrased. And George Lucas gives him a bucket. He's like, well, what am I going to do with this? He's like, well, I'm giving you the start to the ice cream. He's like, no, I just want more. You make great ice cream. I want ice cream. Mm-hmm. And George Lucas hands him some salt. <laughs> he like basically gives him the ingredients to make a great movie, but just doesn't give him the great movie. <laughs> That's how he compared the you know the fan, you know the the other three films. Yeah, I believe he had an issue with Jar Jar too. <laughs> we know there's a whole theory about Jar Jar. Where he's like. He's like the mastermind behind this whole thing, right? Oh, is he? Yeah. He's a super smart guy who just acts like a dodo. Well, he's like he's like a Darth Play uh, Sidious or something like that. He's like the, one of the main bad guys. Oh. So when is this um, conspiracy theory going to pan out? Maybe the next one. Oh. The Adventures Continue features the locations and characters from The Phantom Menace through The Last Jedi and mostly take place after the events of the original trilogy. The attraction opened on May 20th, 2011 at Disney's Hollywood Studios on June 3rd, 2011 at Disneyland, on May 7th, 2013 at Tokyo Disneyland, and on March 26th, 2017 at Disneyland Paris. At the 2015 T23 Expo, it was announced that a desert planet called Jakku from The Force Awakens would be added to the ride. The new adventure became available beginning November 16th, 2015. A salt and mineral planet called Crate from The Last Jedi in the remote outpost forest and mountain planet called Batuu from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was to be added to the attraction. The Crate and Batuu sequences were added on November 17th, 2017. So let's talk about this timeline. Yeah, have you ever noticed the change in the Star Speeders number? Well, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't notice it until this. It wasn't like I was sitting there paying attention to the the model of the Star Speeder when I was going on the ride. See, I would have, I didn't notice necessarily the number. I did, re, you know, realize that the colors changed because mm-hmm. you know it was uh, used to be 
blue now it's red or vice versa i have no idea it was one or the other mm-hmm. <laughs> anyways but um yeah yeah same with same as me as far as the numbers and the representation of what it was mm-hmm. i didn't really notice that until looking further into it for this episode but you know when i read it i was like well that doesn't make any sense how are we going back in time if we have ray and poe mm-hmm so the star speeders are older, and that's why Rex is in you know hasn't been put in yet because we're in a older timeline. Mm-hmm. But then we have future characters. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to be honest with you, I I would never have noticed any of this until I started doing research for this podcast. Right. So going on the ride, it's a cool. You know, you see the different robots, you see the star speeder, but you don't really ever pick up that. You're going in the new, the Star Wars Adventures continue, that you're going on the Star Speeder 3000. Oh, no, no. You're going on the Star Speeder 1000. Right. In the original Star Tours, you're on the Star Speeder 3000. And now you're going back in, it's like, you know, the ride that you're on right now the, for Star Wars, Star Tours Adventures continue. It's in the um, past. Right. Because in one, uh, one of the rides, you can go to Naboo. Mm-hmm. And then, and then another one. I'm blanking on the name, but it's uh, with the salt, the red salt. Oh, that's the new. That's in the new one, right? Right. Yeah. So you can see that you're, you know, visually you're going to the different places, and then you see the characters. Well, Naboo's not the old one. You're talking about Jakku is the new one. That's the, the new one. No, what's the old one with the yellow star with the yellow space fighter that um, Anakin was flying in? Oh, then, then yeah, the Naboo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it doesn't bother you that the timeline's just all crazy? It does not bother me at and all. They seem to be doing the Marvel uh, multiverse theory. The multiverse? Yeah. No, it doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I just like going and having a good time. That's why, you know, you got these, like, the hardcore, like, Star Wars fans. They sit there and they're like, oh, you know, Phantom Menace was terrible. If you sit there and you take Phantom Menace and you just watch the movie... Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's a good movie. Yeah, it is what, a good I don't movie. understand what people want out of these movies. I think you know what I think they want. They want George Lucas to come on out and give them a high five after. Maybe that, that, I think yeah, that's what they're missing. That'd be really cool. Yeah, if that happened, they'd probably be like, "Oh, this movie was the best movie ever." <laughs> yeah, then they're de- you know, if you took their opinion right then and there, you know, walking out of the theater, yeah, they would have a. That's different what you opinion. should do: is just wait outside the movie theater and just give everyone like a high five when they're going out. It's a lot of movie theaters you'd have to go to. I know one person, like a cast member. To each theater. Yeah. yeah. Then they can knock out the theaters pretty quickly. Like five of them. Yeah. They just do it opening day. Yeah. So, uh, it seems like D23 members, if you go to D23, they get a lot of, you know, info there. Right. Have, have you ever been to D23? No. I uh, watched some. They put clips up and I watched those. Yeah. It, what, D23, when is it this year? It's coming up soon, I think. I can look that up. And I'm hoping they announce the new cruise ships at uh, this year's D23. Okay, I'm hoping they announce the closure of Mount Everest so they can fix the Yeti. Do you think they're going to fix it? I don't know. There's one guy um, that has to do with Disney. Anytime you see him, he's got the giant uh, earrings. Like the whole... Uh, he he looks like a hippie-ish kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe him. I, I'm blanking on his name right now. But he promised they would fix the ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was years ago. You know they've been having problems with that animatronic and um, the Navi River Journey. Have they? Yeah. Oh. And now what they have though is a big screen comes down or something like that, and it's 
Oh, that's like a projector. A shame. Yeah. Because that thing moves. When I saw that for the preview event, I was amazed how yeah. smoothly that went. Uh, D23 is coming up soon. It is August 23rd through 25th. I would like to go to that one day. Then you need to fly over to Anaheim, California. Why don't they do it here? They need to do it here. Yeah, that would be nice, but they keep doing it over there. Star Tours The Adventures Continue utilizes the same hydraulic motion-based cabin, patented in as advanced technology leisure application simulator known as Atlas, which features several degrees of freedom, including the ability to move 35 degrees in the XYZ plane. Since a new attraction is set before the original film, the new ride vehicle is referred to as a Starspeeder 1000. The motion simulator itself was originally manufactured by Rediffusion Simulation. Just mentioned the different references and gags that you can see while going through the luggage. Do you remember any of those? Um, I don't remember off the top of my head. I remember definitely seeing the uh, Mr. Incredible t-shirt. That was you know a newer add-on. This is like a lamp, the Aladdin's lamp, right? Yep, there's the Aladdin's lamp. Uh, you can see Madame Leota's crystal ball, uh, Buzz Lightyear, a goofy plush, and a sorcerer's Mickey's hat. Cool. Next time I go through this queue, I'm going to have to check that out. So did you know that when you're going through the queue also, if your magic bands, some of the things on the queue react with your magic bands? No, I didn't know that. So you'll get to a point where... Like a robot will start talking and uh, you'll see your name up on the screen and say where you're from. Oh, that's cool. Yep. So is there a map or is it just... Uh... It's not a map. It's, it's like your, it's like almost like a ID passport type of thing. Oh, that's I, right. I, as, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I only remember because usually I'm in the fast pass line and that brings you almost straight to the turnstile. So the, real only, the only screen I really remember is the one where it... Kind of like takes a heat signature video mm -hmm. where yep. it shows you in the red. With the 18 random segments of the film, four opening segments, four primary destination segments, six hologram message segments, and four ending destination segments, when combined, they allow 384 different possible ride experiences. So the random segments of this ride, it can give you uh, 384 different possible ride experiences. I can tell you that I have not been on this ride 384 times. Are you sure? Did you keep count? I have been keeping count. I've been on it maybe 13 and a half times. Oh, did you get sick halfway through? Yes. Oh, yeah. Bridge, no, no. talking about around. getting sick. One time I was on that ride, and it's, it's a bumpy ride. And yeah. a person maybe, you know, a couple seats down from me really got hurt. She, like, nailed her head against the side of the star speeder. Oh. And she was, like, really hurt. So she wasn't bracing herself at all. Just <laughs> No. She was really hurt. Man, I was really concerned for her. Did you help her out like the lady that passed out in front of us? <laughs> oh, that was a crazy. That was crazy. Uh, well, you was, didn't do anything. I mean, I did. Say, man, I was like, what? I, I went to go get her, water. I did. Yeah, I know. You caught her, but I went to go get water for her. And then you lost your place in line, too. <laughs> did I? Yeah. I did. remember. I just remember her fainting. Yeah, the lady twice. that was standing behind you took that opportunity to skip in front of you. Yeah, and I go up to the, the, the counter and I'm like, hey, you know, can we get some water? And the guy's like, what for? And I was like, some lady fainted in line. He's well, first, like... First off, no employee at Disney should ask why you need water. 
We're, yeah. in, we're in Florida. It's I know, hot. but I, I kind of skipped in front of everyone. Yeah. You know? But um, you're just asking water. You're not standing waiting for your food to come out. Yeah. I was like, hurry up. Come on. Let, let's right. go. I need water because the poor lady. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, you had to look around to see who had your bell poster too. I did, man. <laughs> well, people were taking my posters. She yeah. goes, let's get a new poster. Yeah. I know. You, they scan your magic band. You only get one of those. I know, right? <laughs> Right, yeah, it says that there's four opening um, sequences. However, uh, two, I mean, you either get Darth Vader or you get Kylo Ren. And then uh, that's, you know, two. But then there could be a subtle change in the background where you could have Han Solo back there or you could have Rey. So just right there. So even though it's like um, Darth Vader is, you know, you're at the beginning the small little changes can count as differences in the right experience. Right. So mm-hmm. there's one variable right there. And then you do that with all the other, and that's where it gets into that high number. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I don't even, I don't remember seeing, I had Darth Vader before. I don't remember looking back there. I was f- so focused on Darth Vader. Yeah, me too. I think I've noticed it once and it was Ray, but um, even there's uh, you know, when you land on Naboo, you could either crash into the fighter jet Mm-hmm. Or you can get close to it, and the droid that's working on it gets mad and hits the you know hit it hits it, and then it breaks off. Mm-hmm. So the, you know there's two variables right there, same landing spot, just a three second difference. Very small, clip. yeah. And you know, late earlier we were talking about the um, the let me just go back and say who was it? We were talking about George Lucas. No, the Disneyland Resort president. He was talking about how it would have 54 possible right. different experiences. Maybe he wasn't taking into consideration the small changes and said, you know, the... Or they could have added that over time. Because, like, obviously when he said that, there was no Kylo Ren. Yeah, that's true. So maybe it could have been a Han Solo back there, and then they swapped him out. So then that would add it up, you know, to more possibilities. We are all curious about the future of Star Tours with the addition of Star Wars Galaxy Edge not being connected to Star Tours. One thing is for sure, Star Tours is a fan favorite to many guests and will always be a special part of the Walt Disney Company. There are seven hidden Mickeys to look for before, on, and after the ride. While outside in the waiting line, look in the trees for hidden Mickey number one. Not everyone will see number two because you have to play the waiting game. But if you watch the silhouette screen, R2-D2 might have a new hat on when he goes by. Once on the ride is where you can look for a hidden Mickey number three. When C-3PO appears on the right screen. For number four, it will be luck of the draw if you get the croissant landing for your final destination. If so, as you are being lowered into the hangar, look up at the recessed panels. Once off the ride and into tattooing traders, turn to face the long counter to your right. Number five will be at the lower right of the counter. Look near the build your own lightsaber station for hidden Mickey number six. The last hidden Mickey is near the fire alarm as you exit into the park. Some people might also include a hidden Mickey behind C-3PO while waiting in the queue. However, we have come to the conclusion this might be just three circles that are near each other. Can we talk about some other appearances? 
Actually, yeah, we can. Uh, do you know who the droid scanning your luggage is who was mentioned in a previous podcast? Would it be Patrick Warburton? That would be right. Is he related to Mark Wahlberg? Uh, Warburton and Wahlberg, close. But I think the last names have to be the same to be somewhat related. Okay. But I heard he does make good burgers regardless. Also, Captain Rex, uh, I forget if it was mentioned exactly where you can find him. Uh, when you see the droid scanning the luggage on your right look directly across from him it's closer to the fast pass lane and you will see rex on the floor with the uh, defective mark on him and every now and then he'll splurt out a line okay so adam do you have any memories of um star tours no not memories um i enjoy this ride much better than how it started yeah i have a different experience each time so mm-hmm. i like that um a lot i do enjoy think we've mentioned before the overall appearance of the waiting queue when mm-hmm. you have to wait in there it is a much more pleasant uh, wait because there's plenty of things to look at do you have any experiences any memories from it uh i do we usually go to disney with this one family we go with them a lot and um there's a um my friend's son you know we're all sitting there together and he's really into the whole empire he loves boba fett he loves darth vader you know he's all into it and when you're going on to the ride, they always pick someone to be the rebel spy. And he got picked to be the rebel spy. And he was so upset that he was picked. As soon as he was picked, you know, his face was up on the screen. We looked right at him and we were like, we didn't know you were a rebel spy because we all knew we were going to give him a hard time about it. He right. just sat there with like, you know, he was so upset. He just sat there with like, you know, a uh, really sad look on his face. We're like, you should have told us that you were a rebel spy. Come on, man. You you did such a great job, like, you know, uh, yeah, playing the part. It, yeah. yeah, you were. Di- and he was. He went and talked to us, like, the whole time, pretty much after that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. It would be really cool, since it is a rare occasion. You get to be the rebel spy. There's 40 seats on the ride, so one out of 40 chance. If you got that picture when you got off the ride and you were able to print out a T-shirt, because I've seen the T-shirts that say, I'm the rebel spy, mm-hmm. but how cool would it be if that was your picture that was on there? That would be awesome. And it would be a rare chance because you would be that one out of the 40, so it's not like they'd be printing the t-shirts out left and right. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool for that. I think they would also, I think people would buy it too. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Even though I can't think of the last time I bought something from a park, that would be definitely something if I, because I've been on there countless times, I've never been the rebel spy. Have you? Nope. Have not. So, see, if you got that chance, the opportunity, it's like, well, now I have to buy the T-shirt because when will be the next chance? And I tried to kind of figure out. I thought I knew where the Rebel Spy, where it was taken at, and it's not. It's random. Yeah, It is random. Yep. So, maybe it's someone up in that booth just, oh, do you think they're ever looking for someone picking their nose? Because it's like a dark space. They're like, oh, I'm going to find him, and I'm going to take that picture, and everyone's going to see it. <laughs> and then it's going to be on a shirt forever. Yep. It would, that would be really cool. So that's the his on Star Tours. If I made any mistakes or if you want to add any tidbits about Star Tours, please do so on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at DizHis65. Share your memories. Why is Star Tours special to you? Did we miss some hidden Mickeys? Please let us know. Links to the social media accounts are in the show notes. Please follow us, like us, share us, review us. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast. Also, check out our sponsors, Ohana Adventure Travels. They do a great job planning Disney trips, and their love for Disney shows through how they plan. They are booking a Halloween event over at Fort Wilderness that's going to be a lot of fun. 
If you like Halloween and cool decorations, take a look over at Ohana Adventures Travel on Facebook and Instagram. Let them know that Diz His sent you their way. I'm one of your hosts, Joe. I'm Adam. Thanks for listening and have a magical week. Thank you.